Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. On goes full. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Hi everybody, welcome to Wolves Fancast. Uh, we are here today to exercise the demons of the 3-0 shellacking um, yesterday. Uh, I'm joined by Blake, Rich and Luke. Gentlemen, how are we? Not bad. Yeah, already, Luke. yeah I just... What Wolves do to you, ain't it, mate? It does, but, but the only blessing that this wasn't like a Friday night kickoff and the long weekend wasn't ruined straight away, like an easy yeah, long but, weekend was done. Yeah, but it's a three-day weekend, so it's mm. it's the same as it was being a Friday night because it's hit off your, that hits off a Saturday and a Sunday, you could lose on Friday mm. night. Us losing on Saturday, I don't know, I'm more apathetic. I was more annoyed yesterday than I was after the Newcastle game. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I, I'm just kind of grown apathetic because of recent results. So I don't, my day's not been as ruined as much as I thought it would. Mm, I don't know if it's an age thing or or what, but I'm just, I think slowly but surely I'm learning to like desensitize myself from results than I used to maybe when I was kind of when I was a bit younger and I'd let it absolutely eat, eat me alive for, for like hours and hours until I end up in an alcohol induced rage. But um, as I was walking out the ground yesterday, I was thinking, just thinking to myself, one big sigh, walked out, and I tried to like, right, let's get it out of the way. Um, but it was one of those. But we are here to, to discuss the result and um, kind of cast a light on some of the things going on within the squad at the moment. What better place to start than the lineup? Because there were a few, um, I'd say, surprises or at least introductions again that we weren't really expecting. Um, the main one, as as you can see there from the from the promo picture beforehand, was one. Ruben uh, Neves returning to the lineup. Um, for me, I you know I knew he was close to you know there, there was talk about him potentially coming back for the Chelsea game or or even the City game. Or but I had no I had no in, indication that he was going to be part of the lineup. Was that a surprise to you guys? And you know, put the result aside at the time when you saw the lineup. You know, it's got to have filled you with optimism. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I mean, it was great to see him back. And, you know, obviously we didn't know what his status was going to be. So seeing him back for this game was certainly a treat. Granted, didn't necessarily end up that way. But at the time, it felt pretty optimistic. I mean, I know that there were some sort of moaning about Jimenez not necessarily being in there, but he just hasn't been performing lately. So I just, I don't know what you do with him. So I felt pretty confident to be honest, when that lineup came came out, but just didn't happen. Mm, exactly. Well, this won't be the first shoe-horned musical referencing, but what do you do with a problem like Raul at the moment? It's 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 difficult at the minute because neither one of our quote-unquote strikers are are firing on form at the moment. Rich, from your point of view, were you surprised to see Silva opting over over Raul in this lineup, or were you surprised that it wasn't a combination of the both? I think, I guess go, going back to the last game when they both started, it didn't quite work because 
sort of one was out of position at any one time. I'd have been more keen to have seen them both playing up front together and maybe dropping Huang, who I think played better yesterday than he had done against Burnley, but that's not exactly, you know, it's quite easy to go. It's quite easy to go up from the bottom of the barrel, um, I reckon. Um, I think, as you said, none of our strikers are scoring, none of our forward players scoring. So, you know, we. I think when the lineup came out, I was probably not more disappointed, but the fact we went through a midfield three, bearing in mind what we know now, that we know Neves was half fit and quite literally half fit because Bruno comes out afterwards and says, we're only going to give him 45 minutes anyway. Well, we're at home. We're supposed to be a team competing for Europe and Brighton are a decent team. Don't, don't get me wrong. But we could have showed up a bit more initiative and been a little bit more open and you know bring on Don Cormatino at half time for Neves if you're only going to give him that amount of time we'd almost it's with a half fit Neves like that we'd almost played our hand and if we weren't mm. going to go in one nil or nil nil at the break we, we're not going to be able to change that game for the better I don't think so that was a little bit of a funny one but it was nice to see him back because I just, I'm sure he said in the pre-match press conference he was out yeah, I, I don't know if this was some kind of mind games or this was a, a late fitness test. Was it or... like your mum? Was it like your mum at Christmas? Where it's like, oh no, it's all sold out, and then on Christmas Day, that's what there's I was no, hoping for. There's no Turbo Man. No, <laughs> and lo and behold, <laughs> Arnie turns up with one. Great reference. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, uh, Luke. From your point of view, um, you know the the defensive line kind of makes itself pretty much nothing that really could be done with that. If you're going two up top because of a lack of options, the midfield line pretty much writes itself. Would you, or when you saw the lineup, would you have tinkered with it and done anything different with our forward? Like, bear in mind, you know, Neto isn't match fit, particularly match fit, at least not 100% yet. Does this team pick itself, not because they're performing so well, but actually because there's such a lack of options? Yeah, pretty much. Um, the squad depth has been an issue for two or three seasons now especially centre of the park. You know, I think last time I was on the pod, about six months ago, I mentioned centre mid, injury or suspension to Martino or Neves, and we're struggling. You know, we're looking at Kundal, who I don't think he trusts anyway, or pushing Saïs up. But even aside from that, we need Netar back feet as soon as possible. Because going forward, yesterday was... Just showed everything. Movement off the ball, non-existent. Ideas in the final third, non-existent. Wang, dog shit, is absolutely terrible. The only thing saving Wang is his early season form. Did he get something like three and five? Yeah. Mm. Three and six, something like that. That's the only thing that has saved him because there's so many games I've watched and... Wang, you don't even know he's on the pitch for 75, 80 minutes. He's a passenger. Then Raul, it breaks my heart because look at what he's done. The greatest striker we've ever had in the Premier League. Debatably the greatest striker we've ever had. But something's not right. I think, <laughs> did you see that throw he took yesterday? 10 out of 10 for effort. I mean... When I saw him pick it up, it's like because he did, he did the really sneaky thing as well, which I loved. Like a seasoned pro, when you get throwing like deep inside your own half, and he stole five yards, did he? Do you he know like, what? He ran around. And I was like, and he threw it, and I was like, "Fuck me!" It's like a javelin, and then <laughs> he just bouncing it out. I thought, "Oh, jeez." I, I think that just summed it, summed it up. Silver. Listen, I'm sticking by my boy Fabio. As soon as he goes to mark his barbers and he gets that trim, he's got to start bagging. That's all that's missing. He's bulked up. He's started his sleeve. He just needs the trim. But trim aside, Nicky Clark could have done his hair yesterday. And with that service, <laughs> it just wouldn't have mattered. It was shocking. Trinko, dog sheep, just send him back to Barcelona. He offers nothing. Absolutely nothing. So when you're looking at the form of the players over the season and potentially their mentality at the moment with various rumours. Um, 
it comes as no surprise that we looked as toothless as we did. It was embarrassing. Mm. Totally embarrassing. It, it was. It was. I mean, we're, we're going to kind of work our way from the back of the pitch to the front line as we right. um, as we lambast this. So I just want to mention, you know, from, from Sar's point of view, not saying he's untouchable from criticism. We wouldn't be in this position even flirting with Europe without him. I think it's pretty safe to say. So for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to excuse him from, from criticism today. But the defensive line, Christ me, was it all over the place yesterday. Bolly was an absolute liability from minute one. As far as I'm concerned, I know people might have seen it differently, but he just, they, they just looked panicked. And mm -hmm. I, I know Brighton, you know, took the opportunity to pr like push us, push us, push us, constantly pressing the ball down. Like, I understand that that's fine, but we've looked so much more composed than that. And, and, and Bolly, especially considering, you know, the band was all back together like two or three games ago, four games ago. We were like, this yeah. is great. Bolly's back in form. Fantastic. We've got this option back, but man, he, he, he looked miles off form yesterday. Like, I mean, from your point of view, is there anybody else or was Bolly the, the main culprit defensively who, who had you alarmed? <sighs> Mainly Bolly, I would say that I was a little concerned with basically the entire back three for the third goal that we conceded just because it looked like we completely gave up just before they shot. And we, I don't know, it just felt like everybody was completely off. It, it was just, there's no excuses. And I know that some people were moaning a little bit about the penalties, but Sice's penalty was obvious. And then I have no idea what Bolly is thinking just running into the back of someone's back heel. I understand that it's accidental, but he shouldn't even be there. He should be on the inside trying to close down either whatever cross or pass the player's about to do. But instead, he just he just runs right into the back of him, more or less. I don't know what he thinks he's going to do there. It, yeah, I mean, from, from my view, it was directly in front of me where I was sat, and it was just comedic. It was like just, uh, I don't know, it was like, like a cutting off challenge in like American football or something like that. I just did not know what, you, what was happening. You could there, see but... it coming. That, that was the worst thing. Cause I mean, for defending in the first instance, I mean, you could argue that Brighton were clever in terms of dunk spotting the opportunity to knock it over, knock it over. But it felt like it took Bolly like an eternity to turn, like realize what was happening. Mm. And then, of course, you know, it, it, it's clumsy, which we don't really expect from him. But it's like just, it, it wasn't just that occasion. And and Cody was, it wasn't as bad. But if you're playing a back three, and uh, we had it a lot last season with Cody, that when he's off form, the whole team feels it because mm. we don't usually have that extra man in the midfield or that extra man going forward. So he's the one who has to control a lot of that possession. Um, and so when he's not got a foothold in the game, it really stands out. Like you never see Wolves have a bad game, but you, we, we come on here, you know, on a Sunday and go, yeah, but Co Co Cody held his own. It doesn't happen. And it's not, I was going to say his fault. It's just because he's supposed to be so integral into the system, but you know, he's supposed to be our organ, you know, um, I'm literally saying the comment as Dean Marsden's posted it. So I'm just going to read out his instead, if you don't mind, because he's going to have said it much better. Cody keeps his place due to his organisation. That back line didn't look organised or even motivated. Google, good organisation stops the ball for, well, he says, over the top freaky kick and the second goal. So yeah, Dean said it better than me, to be honest. I, I think the yeah. organisation was, was shocking yesterday. I mean, look how many times... Brighton just carved us open at ease as well. Mm. Even when they missed the first penalty, you think, okay, we've played, we've played really poor. We've we've had a lifeline here. We've had a get out of jail card. They've missed the penalty within sixty seconds. They're nearly scoring again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Have you not learned? Like what? What are you doing? Who's who is the leader here? Like what? And I think even you know we've touched on on body's penalty, but. What's what's size doing for the penalty he gave away? Oh. It's uh, I, I honestly, I, I honestly cannot even think what what was going through his mind at that moment in time. Mm. And I believe he even start he even tried to argue yeah. the point. Yeah. Now I hate VAR and I hate all these stupid penalties that get given for stupid handballs. But even I was like, come on, 
it's blatant. It's a blatant. How can you even argue? Like, what mm. are you doing? What are you thinking? Because it's not like remember when Kilman gave that penalty away against Leicester? Was it the first game of last season? Yeah, and um, I think Vardy whipped it in, and Kilman was about two or three yards away, and it struck his arm. Yeah, you can yeah. you can sort of not accept it from the view of it's given, but like, what could Kilman do there? But but says it's got to be. Close to ten yards away from the board, he's had a really good view of it, and he's still chosen to do what he's done. Hmm. This, this, this is it. This, this doesn't come down to like individual errors. This, it felt like a mentality thing. We're fragile yeah. defense. Yeah. We just like we just looked nervous and looked just off the boil. And I, I don't know, I don't know what that is. Is that the weight of expectation about what three points at this stage of the season means, or or what? But we just looked all. Out of sea, uh, and it, it carried on further up the pitch. Now, you mentioned it already, Luke, that Silver was feeding off scraps the entire game, and creatively, we offered absolutely nothing to the lads up there. And like we've said on the graphic, there, he, in my opinion, and I and I, and I want to ask the, the you guys here, massively scapegoated by social media, um, from from what I read and and from others that. You know, he's been given. I've seen multiple people using the like the the FPL stats and stuff like that to say he's had six hundred minutes or whatever it is, no goals or, or whatever the stats are, and then pinpointing he's absolutely useless. Then, of course, putting his price tag against him as well. Um, but if you're up top, you're not being fed bullets. I don't know what you meant to fire. Am I being too? Am I being too? You know, giving nice. him too much credit here, or, or what? Or no. actually, so. you know. He's... You know I, I, I can't remember seeing many games. To be honest, even you hark it back to last season, but minus his first five performances, there hasn't been many games he hasn't given a good account of himself. Like, whether that is technically and, and contributing to a game, or whether, like, just can't try and do that bare mis- minimum and trying. And you know, there was a great point. I think it was in the it was in well, I was gonna say I think it was in the first half. It was definitely in the first half because uh well he got hooked at half time because you know you talk about some fans on social media scapegoating scapegoating in. It felt like the manager did, frankly, mm, yeah. taking him off like yeah. that. Um but, you know, he did that great sort of tur- like a bit of a coif turn on the halfway line and just put and like, it was almost like Raul of a couple of years ago, all of a sudden, like he just dragged everyone forward. And I think he went out to Smado or whatever. But, you know, time and again, he, he, he's the one who, like, we're kind of looking to. The only thing we're missing is, I say it's goals. It's not like he's getting 20 chances a game. It's not like it's, um, I'm trying to think of a good example of Wolves year gone, years gone by. But like a Leon it's not Clark, like he's fluffing uh, the Traore uh, chances. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, Traore exactly. got a one-on-one every game and he's fluffing every one of them. Yeah. And, you know, he... I don't even personally think it's like Silver's fault in saying, oh, he's not getting in the positions or anything like that. I just don't think the ball's ever going to get to him in no. that position where he can be 10 yards out because we can't, we can't progress the ball high enough for the pitch effectively enough at the moment. Well, well, I, I think the thing price tag's killed him. Luke. Absolutely killed yeah. him, the price tag has. Something he's not going to be able to shake off. Um, but... Like we just said, what and, and like you mentioned earlier, Matt, what is he meant to do? The service is non-existent. We could have we could have prime R nine up front, but he he wouldn't get goals because he's well he might get a few because he could get the ball in his own eighteen yard box, check <laughs> on everyone and score. But you know, it's it's a it's a thankless task playing up front for Wolves at the moment. It shows how much we've been missing Podence because he was that. He was someone who can't, could. I'll tell you who else we're missing. Scored. And we're missing him massively. Adama Traore. Well, he what, he's what, not exactly... Seriously? Well. No, he, he is. And he's not, he's he not is, exactly yeah. excelling at Barca at the minute, is he? To be fair, he's, you know, I think even when Osman Dembele has tonsillitis or whatever he's got, he's, he still gets picked ahead of <laughs> um, like Dem, uh, 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 Adama Traore. One thing that was like... <laughs> Felt like so unfair, like, like cruel. If anything, is the second that Hill uh, the silver gets taken off, he actually gets a winger that he's capable yeah. of creating. 
in, yeah. in, in Neto, come on. It's just in, insane to think that, like, you know, he doesn't even get... He, he basically had to rely on Den Donker being the most forward player to, to, to provide, like, his chances. It was absolutely insane. I couldn't believe it. What I should have done beforehand, and I'm sorry about this, is work out when was the last time we made a double sub at half-time? That's a that's a quiz question if there ever was one. To be fair, we'll get down we'll get um, down for the preview show next week. On, on the double sub though, you think okay, the first half was absolutely tragic. You've made two subs at half time. Hundred percent, he's given around a fox in that dressing room. I'd be shocked if he hasn't. So I remember under Mick McCarthy, so many times we was terrible in in the first half. Mick could get him in at half time, and I I I was never a massive fan of Mick. But one thing you could never criticise was. Come the second half, if we had a poor first half, them lads would would perform in the second half. Within four minutes of the second half resuming against Brighton, Brighton had three massive chances. They had one after 30 seconds. They had another one after about 70 seconds. And then they had another one after something like two and a half minutes. So you, so then, I mean, that made me think, personally, what, what, what was said at halftime? What was said? And... Regardless of what Bruno said at halftime or may not have said at halftime, why have the players come out like that? Mm. Mm. I think you've got to you've got to expect you've got to expect some form of professional professional pride or or anything like that. I mean, Blake, from your point of view, you know, you've seen the double sub. Any optimism at this point? Do you think right? We'll turn it on. It can't be. We can't continue in this manner. Surely. This is like suicide if we continue in this way. Was there any optimism from you, you know, when the, when the second half started that, you know, with Neto on, with, with Jimenez on, that, that things may change? I don't know if the word is optimism necessarily. I mean, just because the first half was so unbelievably poor. But I did expect things to get better. I mean, mm. granted, Neto did play really well, but, you know, you see two players who are some of your squad's best come on and you're thinking, all right, well, Maybe we'll get into it a little bit more. But I'd argue that that second half was worse than the first by a wide Mm. margin. Uh, I mean, it's too right when you say they just didn't show up. It just looked like we were not interested in it at all. Just like we didn't want it. It's crazy. Bizarre to see as well. When you look at the table as it stands, consistently the teams around us slipping up as well. Um, you know, West Ham, did they did it end a draw today for West Ham? No, which they, put lost, them... they lost two. Did they lose in the end, did they? Yeah. yeah. So what's that keep them now? Still within, still within three? They're still within um, three points. So I realised the table that I've thrown upon was from before their game. But yeah, they're on, they've played 35, still on 52 points. So, But their, but their goal difference makes them four points in front of us. It does. Because yeah. they're seven in front of us. We're not going to score seven between now and the end of the season. No, certainly That's not. True. Well, I mean, the the point the point I make is at this point nothing nothing at this point or or pre, or pre the Brighton game was out of our hands. We you know we still are in a position a really strong position where you know we'd have won this game. We'd have been right within the mix of that seventh place coveted spot. But player wise, they just they just looked completely abject of, of any any passion, any any want, and you know you'll hear it cliched in whatever way you want but you can ex- you can excuse mistakes you can't excuse bad attitude and mm-hmm. that's got to be one of the first times i've really been concerned about a dressing room attitude or a, or a dressing room mentality like i saw yesterday don't get me wrong we've seen some absolutely turgid performances um with this current squad so you know this it's part of the course these these things happen um but God, it, it it was it was worrying. It, this was like a this was like a morale thing, not an individual mistakes thing. If if several players have played that game yesterday, thinking "fuck it, I'm on the beach," or "fuck it, don't like Bruno," or for whatever reason, get rid of them, get rid of them, because I don't care. Sort of, if if you're already on your holiday, you don't like the manager, you don't like the tea lady, you're upset because Doctor Matt's left. When you cross that white line for 90 minutes, you put 100% in because we're all still paying our money to go down and support you. It's literally 90 minutes of your fucking week. Graft. Mm -hmm. Graft. That's all we're asking for. If you're shit and the other team are better than us, technically, so be it. 
but you still graft. There was, there's absolutely no excuse for the way... Well, I'm not even going to say several players performed yesterday, Saturday. Everybody performed. There's no excuse for it. Mm. And they should all be absolutely ashamed and embarrassed of themselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is it. Go on, go on, Rich. Well, say, so I want to give Brighton some credit because actually they... I don't know it was like they smelt blood. I don't know what they saw mm. in the warm up or whatever, but it's like you know, eight no- pick eight noise, for example. Like, like he got caught out of position a few times, but they also pegged him back. They made they made sure as much as possible that our outlets were ineffective as possible. But at the same time, if you know you're getting pressed hard, and Brighton say Brighton a good team. They're usually crap at scoring, which is like a bonkers thing. Come yeah, up Rich, sorry to interrupt, but, but whilst Brighton, they're a decent team. We make Trossard, Danny yeah. Welbeck, and some Argentinian called McAllister yeah. look like Messi, Suarez, <laughs> and Neymar. Yeah, but so my point is, if you know you're gonna, they they realize they should have realized what after about ten minutes we're getting pressed here, we're not comfortable with it. Everyone just drop back, go into that back five. Hold the line. We've got a midfield free. Just, just weather the storm for rest of the first half, part of the second. Because frankly, one of the biggest issues Wolves have had this season is the lack of draws we've had. And genuinely, I'd rather shit housed our way through a nil-nil draw yesterday of us coming on here and going, "Why the hell did we do that against Brighton?" Than what, like, whatever we. I don't even know what the game plan was yesterday, but it should have been after about 20 minutes. Let's just all all just regroup and just, you know, draw lines mm. in the sand. And it just didn't happen. And they just well, had yeah. no plan whatsoever. The, the game plan yesterday... Well, seems my to be issue get, is... Get that... the sack. That's how they played. They played <laughs> well, like... My issue is that, you know, from, from our point of view, Brighton don't have a better squad than us. Newcastle don't have a better squad than us at the minute. Burnley don't have a better squad than us at the moment, but they all they all just wanted it more. Yeah. Simple as that. They just they just wanted it more, and that is 100%. unfortunately unf- unforgivable. It's it's unforgivable, isn't it? Surely it's it also is. concerning um, as well, considering the position that we're in. We're on the cusp of mm-hmm. Europe, and we've got a bunch of players who potentially don't have the bottle to push on. Because let's not get it twisted. This isn't the first time they've bottled it. It's not the first mm-hmm. time that did. <laughs> Um, yeah, last week, not last season, the season before, <laughs> absolutely yeah. bottled Europe, bottled it massively. So one of the conversations I've been having with a few of my friends this week is me personally, and I'm sure many people will disagree. We need an overhaul within the team. Yeah. The team has reached its um, expiry date now. You know, we're still rocking with Bolly, Saez, Cody, Raul. It, it needs freshening up. It needs, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. But Evolution. There is a, I, I, that wasn't the word I was looking for, but I'll use it. There you go. <laughs> it needs evolution. It needs, a, evolution, but it, it, it needs evolving, doesn't it? Like, yeah. It, it, it needs freshening up. It's yeah. gone stale. It's gone massively stale, which is weird to say, considering on the grand scheme of things, and I'm sure little Dan and Gully are probably creasing at me now because I was giving it the big I am a couple of weeks ago. no. We can't mind about this season. There's no way we can't mind about this season. We've been absolutely fantastic. And now look at me. But um it's 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 just gone stale and we, we just need that over overhaul. That's the word. It needs an overhaul. Mm. But will Fosin be willing to put the money in to actually do it? That's the you question. You know what the thing is though? Have to. I don't think you have to massively finance it. You just have to be smart. There's plenty of players out there who can be picked up on the cheap, who are going under the radar. But then you've got to ask the question, is Scott Sellers doing enough? Do you trust Scott Sellers? We had this conversation. We had this conversation earlier before when we actually looked at some of the names that Nuno was offered that he declined. And I think there has to be some level of balance in in the the, the skating network are offering, um, you know, players to Nuno and Bruno. Um, uh, so we, from, from that point of view, my my concern will be the the revolt when 
when Big V comes out with the season ticket price increase oh. before the end of the window, <laughs> of course, because why would why would we do that beforehand? You know, that we talk about overhaul, we talk about revolution, not evolution. When that when that increase comes in, ooh we it's gonna be absolute carnage, I think, from a, when, from a, when from will a that social media point in? of view. It'll come in before the end of the season, won't it? I can't remember when they did um, renewal prices. They well, tend... Clubs are doing. Clubs yeah. have already done theirs now. Newcastle have, City have already. I think so. I mean, it's going to be. Um... I think they'll do it before the final home game of the season, <laughs> on the back of Chelsea and Man City. <laughs> but I was going to say, what's the well, I was going to say, we'll, we'll I'll veer off tangent with seasons because I think Stu, begrudgingly, is probably right, and it'll be whatever new price they gave last season. And they'll do that for mm-hmm. the early bird this year because they know people can um, afford to pay it. Um, but no, Luke's right. It, it's a squad that needs freshening up. This is a team who's barely changed in three years now. And there's been a couple of tidy additions like Neto, but he's been here sort of two years now. And one of them's been, you know, it, 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 a lot of those players have reached their natural cycle. And there's only so many you can keep on long-term, I think, mm-hmm. without them being something truly special. And again, you know, it, it's it, we are sort of slightly paying the price for taking a foot off the pedal with the last couple of transfer windows, um, unfortunately. But um, there, there are options out there. There are strategies out there in terms of how, you know, we picked up Max Kilman for basically nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, we will have players with high sell-on fees at the end of this and high wages that, you know, t- take him and for example, now his price tag won't be anything near where it was, you know, two years ago. Um, but he's the highest earner in the club. So he, he's earning what two players could bring in. Mm. So just send him to the MLS where he can post all his shit on Instagram, promoting all these different businesses and companies and whatever he wants to do and be done with it. I'm sorry. Club legend and people will probably fucking slight me for it, but just send him to the MLS. Blake, you can tell him where to go in Orange, California. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> just get. Yeah, I like, I like this comment he's here born. from uh, from Matt Bradley. The recruitment team has been an issue since Jeff Shee decided to re- replace Kevin Fellwell <laughs> with Jeff Shee. Um, no doubt, <laughs> as we come towards the end of the season, we'll start to see memes of Jeff Shee in all of the positions, including the tea lady. Um, like just to you know, let's 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 have. I know in your side of the world, we're all about optimism, excruciatingly wow. annoying optimism. So, could you talk to me about? Are there any positives from the game before we go to Bruno's thoughts? Were there any positives? You mentioned Neto, who looked like probably our only spark creatively. Was there any redeeming qualities about the game at all? Neto looked okay. Saw was okay, although I think he should have saved the second penalty, if I'm being perfectly honest. I sort of thought that. Yeah. You never want to criticise a goalie when it comes to not saving a penalty, do you? It It feels unfair. But but he goes the right way. And he just just seems to just keep his hands firm, does he? And it's not like I thought it hit both of his hands. It goes straight through both of them and then at the back of the net, which to me is... Well, I understand, but it's just you don't you never want to see it, do you? And I don't think Saw has saved a penalty in his time as Wolves, has he? I don't think he has. No. No, he's we what was I saying yesterday? Yesterday the second penalty yesterday was the ninth we've conceded this season and have all gone in, apart from yeah. the one that hit the post. Yeah. What an insane stat. Um so listen. Let's turn to the man himself. Let's get Bruno's thoughts on on that defeat. Um, some people were were annoyed at his lack of kind of passion, kind of imitating the um, the players on the pitch. Some, you know, were, were happy with his thoughts. You know, for, for those that are listening to this, he, he said, "I need to understand who wants to go to war and put the club on a different level." I can lose plenty of times, but today was completely different. We didn't learn anything from this game. We just watched Brighton play the game. Um, pretty much echoing what we've said here, you know, we can accept poor performances from an individual mistake point of view, but we can't accept an attitude that, you know, is anything less than 100%. Let's be completely honest. Um, but, you know, 
I'm not going to talk about unfounded and unverified rumors that are flying around the internet at the moment, but it seems that the wheels are starting to come off a little bit in terms of either Luke, exactly what you said, what's he said at half time? You know, were you surprised by his thoughts um, there? I don't know if anyone's seen any post-match interviews where he kind of was like shrugging it off and smiling. He wasn't giving the hairdryer to the, the interviewer or anything like that. Is that a concern to you or, or does that stuff not really, really bother you? He's, 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 he's a media presence as much as he is a football manager. He can't start shouting and screaming. You know, he's a professional. Does any of that kind of stuff kind of worry you or, or not at all? The one, the first sentence worried me. I want to know who's ready to go to war and take this club to another level. Because to me, that indicates that there's certain personalities mm -hmm. or people within that dressing room that are shying away from the challenge or maybe don't want, don't have the desire, passion, commitment to play for Wolverhampton Wanderers at this stage of their career. I think that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a pop shot that is. Hmm. Potentially. I mean, Rich, do you see that as uh, anything else from that? Is, it, is this just, you know, is he just wheeling out the cliches in order to, is this just what you do after a heavy defeat or is there more, is there more than meets the eye? Well, I think with Bruno, he does have this wonderfully brutal honesty. Um, you know, like when, when he, you know, he was very forthright about Hoover and a couple of other mm. players. It's been very, hard down the line on what he thinks is expected. The issue with a... Because I think Bruno's kind of got... He's got a little bit of a dual personality in terms of, I think, how we think of him. But I think on the front of it, you think, oh, you know, he's a he's a player's coach. He's tactical. Um, he's astute and everything like that. But he seems to have a really strict authoritarian side to him. Mm. The issue with that style of man management and like never sort of say something like, you know, it'll make me do 50 passes in a row. And if I miss the 49th one, I start again sort of thing. And, you know, hey, whatever. But that can only last so long with certain players. Mm. And I'm not saying he's always like that or, or whatever, but I don't know. I think it's we sort of, you know, the, the attitude, the mindset weren't there first half, and could be a million reasons. It happens to every football team sometimes, doesn't it? Where you don't show up, but you have twenty minutes to reset and refocus and regroup. And as I said, you, you know what? If we play it safe for half, you know, for fifteen minutes of that second half, but they didn't, and that shows an out like something just wasn't right that day or wasn't right that week. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a bit of a question mark about whether we can turn it round. I guess, at this mm. point in the season, because it's, you know, it, momentum builds momentum, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I'm sure um, Dan in his, his preview will talk about you know, the upcoming fixture, but looking at that, uh, the fixtures that we've got remain, and it's, it's hard to see where the points come from, but that's a conversation um, for another day, really. Speaking of a 20-minute reset, we're not going to take 20 minutes um, to have a break on this, but we are going to take a short break. Um, when we come back, there is a conversation to be had about Bruno, I think, um, and we will do a very, very quick preview on the next fixture, um, and we will also have Twitter Corner. But for now, we'll have a very short break, and we'll be back with you in just a sec. <laughs> Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here, some outside-of-the-box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs, with our very own WolvesFancast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. We may have just had our answer. Welcome back to Wolves Fancast. Thank you very much to Pixel Yeti Media, 90min.com and the Sports Shop in Kings Winford for their continuous support uh, of our podcast and all of our social media and YouTube channels and all of the content that we pump out. We do really appreciate their support. Now, I hate to say it, the rumblings on social media have forced 
mine and our hands do we need to have a conversation about bruno um the the funny thing was about five or six games ago or seven games ago people were saying well he's not going to be with us next year because someone's going to poach him and all of a sudden people want him gone i saw one utter buffoon today on the internet suggests that sean dyche come in (laughs) i mean beggar's belief really i think the phrase was sorry matt the phrase was all in on sean dyche all (laughs) in all it chips in, in. On, on <laughs> Sean Dyche. You know what? We use the Nevis money, invest it solely on Sean Dice. Not for Sean Dice to spend on a team, him personally. That's what I took. <laughs> that's what I took it to mean. I was, do you know what's really bad? At the end of, I think, the February or January transfer window, might have been February, I was on this show with Kim and Stu. I said, Bruno Large. Manager of the season, you've heard it here first. What a fucking change, Well, listen, Blake, I'm gonna give you the first I'm gonna let you cast the first stone here. Is it even is it even worth the time to question at this point in the season Bruno as our chief? Uh, is 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 this something we even need to think about? I would say wait till the end of the season, mostly because mm-hmm. Despite what the past three games have been, we're still fine as far as the table goes. We're eighth, not terrible. And if we can pull off something miraculous, Europe could still potentially be there. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you never know. It's Wolves. If any team is going to lose to three lower ranks and then beat some of the best sides in England, it's Wolves. We all know that. So... I would just say, hold off. It looks bad, granted, but I don't think that there's any reason at this moment in time to be giving that final judgment when I still think that it's all still there for the taking. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me pose a different question then to you, Luke. Um, You know, there's there's talk about Wolves being a self-sustained club, you know, sell to buy, everything else like that. Is there a possibility that Bruno might have felt that he has already bled the stone of this team dry? If he's not backed in summer, could he walk? Is that something that has crossed your mind? And over the last couple of days, would that be the worst scenario? Do we actually need somebody that can come in and freshen the the morale and the mentality of the squad? Because as much as we want to, I don't think we're not doing a Newcastle. We're not going to throw 150 million at this in the summer. Does he walk? What, what are your thoughts? I don't think he walks because I still think that this job's too big for him, personally. I think we're bigger than Bruno. Um, but Bruno, for me, it's a weird one because you can't... Even though the last three games have been horrendous, the form in the last 10 has been sketchy. It's still been so much of a better season than last season. So he he has done well. However, I still don't think long-term he's the right guy for the job because I still believe that Wolves are too big for Bruno, if that makes sense. Mm. So would he walk? I don't think so. Me, I would like to... I still think he deserves an opportunity. I don't think we should sack him just yet. He needs backing in the summer. That's mm-hmm. the key. Folson need to back him. Now, if Folson aren't going to back him, that means one of two things. Either they've sold us a dream and they ain't got the money to invest or they don't want to invest the money which they sort of alluded to that the, they was going to when they first brought us, or they don't trust him. Now, if they don't trust him, the best thing to do is just to just to fire the bullet and get rid of him and get him mm-hmm. somebody who they do trust to spend the money and take the team forward. So, it's a difficult one. It's a, it, it's difficult in the sense of, I don't think he's done enough to get the sack, but then at the same time, I still don't think he's good enough to lead us over the next five years. Mm, okay. Rich, I want to want to pose a, a question to you then. Um, for all the exact reasons that we've said that Fabio Silva is scapegoated. 
is Bruno scapegoated at the lack of Foson's ambition so far in his tenure in terms of January? Um, and then do you think that will be the case going into this window? Do you know, if, if, if Foson aren't willing to provide the bullets for Bruno, is he is he in any less um, of a disadvantaged disadvantageous position than Fabio Silva is, for example? I think Wolves are in the position that they are at this point of the season. So that, you know, top top half Premier League team still pushing for York in spite of Foson's footballing strategy, not because of it, to to a wide to a wide degree. In fact that what one thing I've said before that one of the things Foson have definitely got right that they do bring in coaches or target coaches who improve players and mm-hmm. they are not necessarily coaches who need to have lots of extra resources um, beyond what's kind of, I guess, available to them. So Nuno improved players at its time at Wolves. Bruno did, you know, originally after Lopetegui set the same ethos. And I think they've got that right. But Bruno was very open during his first six, seven months at the club saying we need reinforcements. These players can't play the style that I want to play as a manager and I'm making do and I'm doing a good job at it. And that's great. So he has sort of got a bit of one hand tied behind his back. However, he is still the he is still the man in charge of that team. It's still his, you know, he is still the director of the show. Um, you know, however bad the actors can be on the night, he he's still the one whose name's at the top of the the, mm. the billing. Unfortunately, um, again, I think it's it. There's almost just that question of time again. Of well, how long? How long do you give it? I, I I'm I, I side with Luke, and you know, I think most people probably do. But he deserves longer in the job. I don't think. Uh, I, I get what Luke's saying where, you know, Wolves are a bigger opportunity than Bruno is a coach, if you know what I mean. But I, I still don't think like it's that bigger chasm. So I think give him a little bit more time, give him a, you know, give him four players, give him four first team players. I think that's all genuinely. I don't think it's that more than that, much more than that. We're talking a set, pretty much it's a new spine of the team, a new striker, New midfielder, new centre back, and maybe another, you know, an attacking midfielder. And I think that mm-hmm. that's all we sort of need with a, you know, a few departures. It's not an awful lot. No. In, in, in the grand scheme of things. I, 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 me personally, I don't think the lack of goals this season is down to Bruno. I think it's down to, um, as much as I like Trey Ray, but you, you can't deny that he was wasteful. Trinko just being absolutely shocking. Wang being even worse than Trinko. Raul, I don't. He's been space jammed. I don't just get into America ASAP. And Fabio not being quite ready yet. And so I don't think the lack of goals is on Bruno. I think the lack of goals we have to point the finger at the attacking players. I mean, none of them have got like I remember Tim Spears saying this before. Like you look at. All of our attacking players, minus Jimenez, who I think there's extenuating circumstances with because of his injury. And I think that, that there's a very plausible case to be made that he ain't the same player from that injury. You can't expect him to be, and it's a crying shame. But you look at all the other players, um, you know, who we've got options for. Fabio Silva, how many, you know, he's got five league career goals. Like, it's... it's you know, you, you, you're asking for a lot from not very much. Trink out, 18 mm. career goal, league goals. Um, Adama Traore, you know, it ain't at Wolves, it ain't going to be that high. What has he got? Eight league goals. And Huang, who we brought in as that second striker, <laughs> he got 13. Uh, no, he didn't get, he got no goals at Leipzig in the league, I don't think. Yeah, he got no goals at Leipzig in. Um, in the Bundesliga, he he did he did well at um he did well in Austria, got twenty eight, but he hadn't scored for two years before he came to Wolves. Mm. Um, whatever it was, well he hadn't yeah. sorry, no he hadn't scored in a season. He didn't score the season before, so you're right. Like what what do you expect with players who don't score often? 
the only the only saving grace has been the fact that Bruno has been able to sing a tune out of enough of them to attempt to get something on the board on an occasional basis and have a midfielder or defender chip in, and that comes from coaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I think this this conversation about Bruno is one that will rumble on for the remainder of the season and, and all through the summer. To be fair. Um, my my closing kind of my, my closing statement on this is you know how often have we seen in in football not just with wolves you know players you can't you can't sack the team you have to sack the manager and I hope it just doesn't go down that route but we will see and I'm sure we'll discuss it at length um, on future episodes just very very quickly before we go to Twitter corner obviously we um, we go to Chelsea on Saturday I believe um, next week. Um, Chelsea slipping up today, inconsistent form themselves, really. They've, you know, many people were saying at the start of the season, whoever the the, the team that finishes above Chelsea will win the league. And, you know, they've they've very much been off the ball for the last 10 games now or so. Um can we get anything from Chelsea? Blake, Don't you're absolutely play. right in that there's en- if there's one team where we probably will, we'll, we'll, we'll shit out a win when we have the, the game that we should have lost before we lost, should have won before we lost. It's Wolves. So can we get anything out of Chelsea at the weekend? Well, I mean, Chelsea have got a lot going on. So, they do. And I, I would also say that it seems like their Champions League position is probably the safest outside of Liverpool and, and Manchester City. Not to say that there can't be, you know, some storming form from uh, Tottenham and Arsenal. But I think Chelsea are, for the most part, fairly safe. And I think it plays into our hands a little bit. But do I think we're going to win now? No, I, I, I honestly <laughs> don't. Not on this form. Rich, anything to add on that? I mean, is it is it a bridge too far? For, it would be, cla- um, I, I would be classic balls. It would be genuinely classic balls for us to get four points out of Chelsea and Man City. Mm-hmm. But it would be. Um, I, hope, I hope not because I really want to. I, well, I, I mean, I put it on a tweet a few days ago. What I really want to happen is we cost Liverpool the title on the last day, and Neto does that stupid hand thing he did mm. when he had his goal disallowed, um, and that'd be the reason. I, um, and to be honest, I was going to say, the other, the other thing I'd like to see happen that game, Neto doing a city hand celebration, but also Jose Sarr running the length of the pitch to get somebody like Trent Alexander-Arnold sent off. <laughs> because you know Sarr's got that shit in him as well, hasn't he? Oh, no, he does. He does, yeah. absolutely. Luke, I have the final say on on Chelsea. What, what does your heart say and what does your head say? I just... <sighs> It's just so typical that Chelsea are on bad form now because they're probably going to find their upward curve to finish the season mm-hmm. starting against us with a convincing 3-0 win, 2-0 win. We'll probably have, if we're lucky, three shots on target. And I think... Because on the screams optimism like you, Luke. <laughs> on, on the back of Saturday's results, mm-hmm. I think we're going to go up there and just shut up shop. Try mm-hmm. and hit them on the break. Um, which hope, I hope I hope we win. I hope we go there and we win one nil in the ninety sixth minute after playing absolutely awful all game. I just can't see it. Mm, that's fair. But then that's again, fair. I suppose on the flip side, how many times have you seen a team or Wolves in particular have a terrible defensive performance? Then the next game, you know, they defend like prime AC Milan. Exactly, and and it it, it does seem kind of. Taylor two teams in that respect. Because who knows mm. what's going to happen. That's it. Well, we're going to turn it over to um, our listeners and uh, Twitter followers now for Twitter Corner. Um, so let's kickstart with uh, Davy Hop. What is the most painful activities and hobbies that are more fun than that shower of shite yesterday? Hmm, most painful Fucking activities. Watching your missus get railed by about 16 <laughs> other blokes. <laughs> Okay. Oddly yeah. specific, but okay. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, you know, where they say like all, all the best, all the best like stories have had element of truth about them. Imagine coming out to that. Imagine coming out to that. 
And then you had to get to the match yesterday to fucking watch that. You'd run back. That's why so, you know, you'd, you'd leave at half time to go back to it, wouldn't you? I suppose. That's <laughs> as many did. As many did. Um, I, well, I don't think but, we can go any further on that question. Thank you. So let's go for the next one because it's quite a light hearted one, I think, next. And it, I don't think Luke can give a similar answer. I hope. I hope not. Let's see. Um, if you could be in one Pixar movie, um, which would it be and why? Um, for me, I think it's Pixar. I hope it is. I'm gonna look silly if it's not. Wreck It Ralph is fantastic. Um, I would want to get involved with that. Like, from your point of view, are you a, are you a Pixar guy? Do you like your yeah, uh, you, do you like your Pixar movies? Yeah, who doesn't love Disney and Pixar and all that? Uh, probably Cars. I mean, mostly because who doesn't want to be a car? I mean, that just sounds awesome. I'm an F1 fan, NASCAR fan, so there you have it. Plus. Most Pixar movies aren't exactly worlds you want to inhibit. I don't necessarily know if I want to be a toy or an ant or any of that stuff. So that's fair, absolutely fair. Rich, obviously, you know, with your ki- with kids, uh, what what's your point of view from a Pixar point of view? You've got to have, you know, I don't know what what's your Frozen count now at this point? How many times oh, you through that? Now? I, I have listened to the Encanto soundtrack about four times today already, um, which is aggressive. Um, so in terms of Pixar, um, as I th- said on the excellent cage fighting podcast, um, there's our weekly uh, plug. Um, I think I said that Up was one of my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to have to stick with that. It's not necessarily one I'd love to watch because the start of it makes me cry. And so does the end. Um, but apart from that, it's a fantastic movie. Excellent. Excellent. So our next question. Um, Stu. <laughs> have you ever been, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, book, have you ever been caught watching porn? Uh, doesn't have to have been at work. Um, anybody ever been unfortunate enough to have, to have been caught in that scenario? Um, I've definitely had, uh, you know, when you put your, Laptop back up after you know in a you know especially if you've you, you've left the power cable it's auto resumed and you've had material on the background. I mean I wasn't searching for tractors or anything like that, but you know there's got to have been. I mean, listen, Luke, I'm, I hate to single out one person when I ask this question, but you've got to have had some kind of difficult scenario. Here we go, Dean. Luke says no, he's lying. No, no, never, never. Never, not on this show, anyway. <laughs> not on this show, no. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe a little bit chat later, I'll tell you. Of my unfortunate. Okay, yes. <laughs> the perks of being on the fan cast, you go. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, moving on to um, our next question in Twitter Corner from Hobbit Rob. What's your favourite tractor? Um, I saw this earlier, and I, I can't think of a single tractor, and, and all oh. I have is that Combine Harvester song stuck in my head. Mm. You got Massey Ferguson, so red. You got John Deere that are green. How the hell do you know these things? Like, is this a it's kids' common... show or something? No, no. no well, I was going to say this common knowledge because it's. <laughs> I, li- not. I live. I use. Well, I live in. I live in the uh, rich countryside. I don't know. Um, I got family friends who are farmers, but there is a weird. I say common knowledge that like different brands of tractor tend to be the same color. So, like, all the green ones are, like, John Deere. Massey Ferguson are red. Um, I can't remember. There's a couple of big brand ones. But, yeah. So, I'll go Massey Ferguson. Somewhere there is a Tory party canvasser that is trying <laughs> desperately to find your information to get you a Tory manifesto through he, your letterbox he, as soon as he possible. Will, he will be bitterly disappointed right now. <laughs> huge, huge dump on it in front of him. <laughs> oh, I've got yeah. The most tractors sold in 2013, John Deere. 2016, New Holland is the second oh. most popular. There we go. There oh, we go. Yeah. Um, oh, Blake, that, that one, one quick question for you: If you... the same dudes far, uh, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> are we are we like angling for some kind of tractor sponsorship that we didn't know that we needed? If anyone is <laughs> in the in the you know agricultural trade or anything like that, you know, <laughs> hit us up. We'll. We'll accept sponsorship from any form. Uh, Country file fancast, exactly. 
uh, Blake, uh, one question from you, uh, for you. If you were hiding um, the fact that you accidentally were caught watching porn in a public place, what would you pretend that you were searching for? Oh, God. <laughs> what would I pretend I was searching for? I don't think there is anything that can bring you back from that situation. I think you have to just be honest and man up and I say, I think you have to own it. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with watching. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's. Mm. Then I think you just have to make them feel weird. But you yeah, exactly. What's, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah. What are you judging exactly. me for? <laughs> yeah, you freak. Exactly. <laughs> Why are you watching me? Uh, <laughs> um, have we got any others, Rich? Yeah, we've got uh, two more, I believe. I think. Let's see. Oh, I'd love to know Stu's answer to that question, though. Well, Stu infamously pulled a hamstring whilst watching. Did he? Did he know the jersey? I'm sure, I'm sure we talked about it with some of the pod. Do you know what? We'll, I love how we'll, we'll say it's not because I'm quite absolutely right at him here. But Stu's asked that question to try and catch us out, and it's ended up that his story's being told. <laughs> how can you pull a hamstring other than like <laughs> being like, like, I don't know how you would even do that? Well, to be fair, like he it. was probably running away from the school at the time. <laughs> 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 I've got two left. Um, I think one's a serious football question. One's a light-hearted one. Which one do we want to do first? Let's go light-hearted, and we'll end. We'll, we'll bring it back. We'll to end football. on a football one. Brilliant. Okay, so, so links, uh, links, Wolf. What is your? What is going to be your first major purchase if you win the hundred and forty-five million on Tuesday? Oof. Well, mine's it's got a little to be a, uh, amount of money, isn't it? I mean, mine's got to be a Massey Ferguson tractor, which are the Cadillac of all, all tractors. <laughs> I'm not saying it because they're a sponsor. Just a fan. I don't know what you do with that kind of money. I mean, that is like, that, that's the kind of thing. What would be more concerning for me is what I think my friends think they will get from me. And then what, what how big do we fall out, you know? It, 145 more, one and a half million is one percent of my newfound fame. But if you was to say, "Oh, you're only giving one percent away to a friend," it doesn't sound like a lot. But then you say, "Oh, I'm giving you one of my, what, I'm giving you 1.5 million pounds of my entire estate to all of my friends." It's this is this is an issue. This is why rich people, you know, that you know, people say you, money doesn't find you happiness. I don't know, Luke. What are you buying? Are you are you picking up? You know, are you turning Ashford Park into the new, you know, Finchfield? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'd probably buy? I'd buy... Do you know what I'd buy, actually? I'd buy a big, massive sound system so some sort of atmosphere could be created in the South Bank. (laughs) Nice, I like it. That's, That's going to ruffle a few feathers, but I like it. Blake, what are you doing with your newfound wealth? Yeah, I don't know, burning it all on hookers and blow. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And finally, let's bring it back to football. Um, so, Satsum Boone, what players should be moved on in the summer? Can sorry, let me start that again. What players should be moved on in the summer can be regular first team player or a fringe, fringe player? And how many players should we sign in the summer? And realistically, how much money needs to be spent? So we'll I'll break that down into three and ask the three of you. So, Rich, from your from your point of view, who who do you think needs to be moved on? Um if we're including players whose contract to expiring, pain to me to say it, but probably Sace. Mm-hmm. Um, because we talked about we, we need to evolve this squad and I think it his name's fairly up, up there Jimenez maybe be just because I think of high, high wages and again actually if we can get someone who's 10 years younger and we hope Silver progresses next season and can actually start hitting the back of the net then I think potentially those two and mate Maybe someone like Donk as well, because I don't see where he fits into this system or, frankly, many footballing systems on a regular basis as well. So there's there's three. I don't want to sell Neves because I don't, to be honest. I mean, he's the one who gets the most money, but apart from that, um, as I said earlier, I think 
you need four additions to this team to to make them continue to compete. And I think if you manage to get rid of the players that I mentioned, I think four would still kind of work in terms of increasing the number. Who's realistic, maybe. Mm-hmm. What was? Do you mind just loading that question up again? What was the, the second part yeah, of, of the course. question? Um, the second part of the question there. How many players, um, Luke? Do you think we need to sign in the summer? To, you know, because you can't just throw numbers at it. They've got to. They've got to then integrate into the squad. So you can't just bring in eleven players. So how many do you think we should realistically sign in the summer? Um, I want to just go back to what I mentioned earlier with that with the overhaul, and I, I think we need six or seven. Do you think really? Six or seven. Proper proper overhaul, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Fair. And Blake, how much money do you think you know? We, we could buy seven play. We could buy seven players for a million pound and get Bohemians on the phone. We're not going well, to obviously, but how, how much do you think we're going to need to spend for this overhaul? I think it's really all about spending money on the right players rather than just doing a bunch of splash the cash big moves or big names. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since we might be having some backroom issues, I think we need players who are going to come in and actually fight for their positions, actually want to play for Wolves, and. You know, obviously, with the way Wolves are kind of set up, there are going to have to be sacrifices to the altar of Jorge Mendes. But it's really all about finding the right guys rather than just spending wherever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you very much for those uh, that have listened or watched to the episode this week. We really appreciate your support. Make sure you're followed and subscribed to At Wolves Fancast across your different social media channels and on YouTube. A thanks yet again to Pixel Yeti Media, uh, 90min.com um, as well for their continued support. Um, and thank you for just spending a little bit of your week. You know, I know it's not always fun to talk about like mass defeats but hopefully it is a bit cathartic to kind of get it off your chest and we do appreciate those that get in touch with us live during this youtube or will comment on you know the videos afterwards or or comment on twitter as well we do like having the interactions with, with that as much as sometimes you know we might disagree on things so listen long story short we really appreciate your support so thank you um blake rich luke thank you for coming on and uh helping ease the pain of um of that result. Um, hopefully we have something a little better to, uh, to talk about after the Chelsea result. But for now, everybody look after yourselves and hopefully have a great rest of your bank holiday.